Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the latest edition of the Pump Fake, Jared Bailey, joined by my head honcho, my confidant, my friend, the editor, Touchdown Wire at USA Today, Doug Farrar. It's good to see you, my friend. And Lenoir uh, on, he's an underrated cornerback, by the way. <laughs> he's, he was very good. He had a very good postseason last year. Uh, he's, he's, been on the show, he's been on the show a few times, yeah. Friend of the show, Dima Lenoir. I like him. But uh, but no, how are you doing? It's it's always nice to do stuff with you like this. Good. Um, first week of the preseason, you know, was going hard for five straight days, and kind of took today off, and whew, yeah, yeah, getting back, those, into, uh, getting back into game speed, as they say. It's always so fun. No, it's always fun getting back into game speed. Yeah, we get to talk about you know Malik Cunningham of the Patriots uh, yes. <laughs> for for the next few weeks and whatnot. Um. Unfortunately, that will not be the quarterback that we are mostly focused on today because, you know, I, I've told this, I've said this in I don't know how many shows, but the year is going, going to be 2040. You know, we're going to have flying cars. We're going to have, you know, food in pill form. And the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers will still be going into week one, not knowing who their long-term quarterback is going to be. Um, True. And that's during this season. I mean, it's, I mean, unless you've lived under a rock. It's nothing new there. Um, Trey Lance against the the Raiders didn't look great. Brock Purdy in training camp doesn't look great. Sam Darnold question mark maybe why not? I mean he's he's certainly there, and that would be the most Kyle Shanahan thing to do would be to have Sam Darnold start a game or two and he'll go off for like three fifty and four touchdowns against like the Cardinals in Week Eleven or something. Um, because everyone's open in that offense. I mean, oh, you know. oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, I think that's kind of everybody's biggest takeaway right now is that it, just about anybody can succeed on the 49ers offense. But with everything that's gone on with Trey Lance, everything that's still going on with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, what, just give me your general thoughts about what's next for him. Are, are the 49ers just going to trade him? I don't think they're going to cut him because they have way too much invested in him. But this has just been such a slippery slope for over two years now. Yeah. Well, he hasn't really played football since 2019. There was that one game against Central Arkansas where, by the way, Central Arkansas, I was watching that. I remember watching that tape uh, before Lance was drafted. And I'm like, wow, they're throwing like Tampa two and, you know, quarters with safety switches and what in the name of Levy Smith is going on here. <laughs> and he, he saw his head explode. So I'm thinking, well, okay. You know, the COVID year, and he didn't play a lot. It's North Dakota State. Sorry, Neil Kulong. I'm going to get an angry email from Neil now, um, which I still get those, by the way, even though he's been at SI for like a year. I still get those. Um, hi, Neil. And I'll be sure to clip that and send send that out yes. of a tweet at, at Neil Kulong. At Neil Kulong. We love Neil. Um, we miss him. He was he was the guy who built this whole thing So uh, and left it in very good hands. So with Trey Lance, I, I go back to – 
the decision that was made to trade all those picks to move up to three to get him. By the way, Trey Lance and Sam Darnold were both third overall picks in their drafts. I love that. The, what a three, three and Mr. Irrelevant, like boom, boom, and whoa. <laughs> um, you know this. Everybody knows this. The history of Kyle Shanahan and quarterbacks is he does not want an extemporaneous improviser. He does not want a guy who will be random all over the place. He doesn't want you coloring outside the lines until and unless you've proven that you can color inside the lines perfectly because he is the best offensive mind and play designer of his era. I, I don't, you know, if you have a, another guy, let me know, but you don't cause he's the best. Um, so he's always wanted someone who he can just pour the whole playbook into the guy's head and okay, go. The thing with Lance, I, I, I don't know this, but I think what happened in the room with Shanahan and John Lynch is they just said, okay, you know what? What if it was like when you, Kyle, were the OC in Washington when you had RG3? What if you could take all this stuff, the boot and the throwback and, you know, all the routes and the the fullback run game and all that stuff, and you could have a force multiplier, like what Jalen Hurts is with the Eagles? What if we could do that? What if we could take your playbook to an even higher level? The problem with that is it's like replacing Malcolm Young with Ingve Malmsteen. It doesn't really work. They're both great guitar players, but they're, you know, one guy fits and one guy doesn't. Um, and either way you replace one guy with the other, it's a disaster. I don't think Trey Lance is a disaster. I think he's a guy who still needs a lot of development. And I've always believed he would be better off in a system where that improvisation was not rewarded, but tolerated at a much higher level. Shanahan's yeah. not that guy. He is the maestro. You come in and talk, talk about Ingvay Momstein. You come into his band, you play the hits. You are not there to write songs. You are not there to, you know, you're Jason Newstead of Metallica. You get like two songwriting credits over 20 years and that's it. And the moment you want to join another band, <laughs> a side project, they throw you out or you quit. So I think after the Trey Lance experiment sort of went for a while, I think, and I'm not saying I know this, I'm not an insider. I think at a certain point, Shanahan said, you know what? No, I can't do this. I need a guy who can perfectly execute what I want him to execute. And I think pretty did that to a level that was far beyond his college state. Yeah. You know, he, he had a lot of development. I, I didn't really watch his Iowa State tape until about December of last year. I'm like, whoa, this is not the same guy. And kudos to him. He maxed it out. Hey, cool. Um, Darnold, he's got enough of an arm to make, to make Y throwback happen. He had five rushing touchdowns in 2021 for the Panthers. Quietly, yeah. Like the last like month of the year, Sam Darnold was, was solid. He's a mobile guy. He can run boot. He can do everything that Kyle wants, and there isn't that sort of – the floor is high enough. We don't really care about the ceiling. Kyle's sure. like, I'll, I'll, I'll create the ceiling. I'm Frank Lloyd right <laughs> over here. I'll, I will create the, the perfect vaulted ceiling. <clears throat> Excuse me. What I need to know is where the floor is. And I know he's saying, you know, pretty would have to melt for him not to be the starter. And yeah. I was talking to Kyle Madsen, who of course runs Niners wire and Fort on territory this week. And he said, pretty will start week one. And I said, yeah, but who will start week 18? Mm -hmm. And we kind of agreed that about week six, I think it'll be Darnold. And I think it'll be Darnold from then on. Because I think from Darnold, week six to the end of the season. What's that? 
from week six until the end of the season, you think it would be yeah, it would be however long their season goes, and they've got the you know they got the talent to make that season go pretty long. I mean, do they beat the Eagles in the NFC Championship game if they have any semblance of a quarterback? I don't know. It was what thirty-one to seven or something like that. So, and the Eagles were really good. Yeah. But <clears throat> this is a team that expects to go to at least go to the Super Bowl if not win it. And again, it's not like, well, we need the quarterback to get there. No, you just need the quarterback to not screw up, which is a very unusual construct in today's NFL because oh, usually it's so weird. The only other team I can think of is the Titans, where you don't need the quarterback to be great and you can get to a championship game. And that's because Derrick Henry is, you know, Derrick Henry. So I think it's going to be Purdy or Darnold. I think in the end it will be Darnold. It's not going to be Lance, and I think they will trade Lance before the deadline. And I hope Lance goes to a place – where he can develop and someone will be more tolerant of his randomness and, you know, spin the thing over a couple of years and, and, and see what you have, because, you know, the raw stuff is there. I compared him to Steve McNair coming out and mm. Daniel Jeremiah, completely independent of me. It's not like we were comparing notes, said the same thing. I'm like, yep. Okay. And that's a borderline hall of famer, just as far as potential. I don't think Lance is a bust. I don't, you know, ridiculous, things that certain analysts have said whose name I'm not going to mention because all I want is to promote their podcast. I'm not going to do that. Um, you know, I don't think he's a bust. I We don't know. But I think we have a pretty good idea that it's not going to work. You know, you watch that Raiders game. Everything's late. He's just like holding onto the ball. You, you got to see it open. I mean, I, I, I do a podcast every week with Greg Cosell. We did a podcast this week on the biggest transitions for rookie quarterbacks. We talked about like, okay, why do quarterbacks throw late? Because they're not seeing it. And it's like you're mentally late and you're physically too fast. And nothing aligns because when you're mentally, I don't want to say mentally slow, but you're not seeing things the way you need to. Your body speeds up. Your mind can't catch up, and that's why you see kind of the things we saw. He had two dropped interceptions. One was <laughs> shoveled to his tight end for a touchdown. Yeah. That was awesome. Love that. That's hilarious. Um, that's a preseason play Hall of Fame candidate right there. Absolutely. Uh, but I don't think – you know, I think they gave it a shot, and I think it was a, a you know, a, a brave risk to take. And now I think they know. And I think Lance – I think – Shanahan wants a different kind of quarterback, and I think Lance is far better suited elsewhere, just about anywhere else. I would agree in that sense as to him getting dealt, and that was my next question. Do you think he's going to get dealt? I think it's a border, borderline conclusion that he's getting dealt. It's just a matter of if not when. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'd like, like to see I – mean, they're hoping he can get some reps and look good to yeah. value because they gave up so much for him. I mean, part of it is – how many years does it take before the burn of how much you gave up for him sort of? Yeah, was? because look what it's turned into for Miami. I mean, it turned into them getting, what, Tyreek Hill. And I'll have, I think they used one of those picks to trade for Bradley Chubb. Like, they're, they are, they need to, in terms of whoever is going to be marched out there, and you said it's kind of a, especially in today's NFL, just a, a paradox almost in terms of what Kyle Shanahan does in San Francisco. And it's something that I push back on a little bit. Because I feel like Kyle Shanahan feels like he has to be the smartest guy in the room. And credit to him. I mean, he's a he's a terrific play designer, like you pointed out, the best of his generation. I do think that there's a ceiling, though, when you don't have one of the top tier guys. And you you use uh, Tennessee as an example. They had, you know, the one magic carpet ride to the AFC title game 
riding Derrick Henry in that year that Tannehill was really, really solid. But even then, you know, without one of these upper caliber quarterbacks, that's not been against Ryan Tannehill, but even with the 49ers, you get to the Super Bowl and you're up double digits and you don't have a guy that can go gun for gun with Patrick Mahomes. I don't think that Sam Darnold is going to be the guy who's going to have you go gun to gun with, with, you know, even like Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, whoever you face. Like there's a, there's a very obvious lid on how far they can get. And even if they do get as far as they want to get, they're not going to be able to bust through um, and, and break that ceiling. So that is, that's where I push back on the 49ers and, you know, what, in any sort of conversation with them is like, Oh my goodness, is San Francisco, the best, the best team in the NFL roster wise outside of quarterback. You could make that argument. Certainly because the, their offense is basically the NFC pro bowl team. They got the best off ball linebacker in the league. I like Hafanga a lot at safety and they just added Javon Kinlaw to an already really good front four. We'll see what happens with the Nick Bosa situation. But if you don't have the guy under center, then I have a hard time taking you as a team seriously when it comes to December and January. Especially the way the NFL paradigm works now, right now, in 2023. It is more about creating and preventing explosive plays than it ever has been before. So it requires you then, if you're the 2015 Broncos and you're winning it with an awesome defense and zombie Peyton Manning, I mean, when was the last time before that it happened? Me and, I mean, me and uh, Matt Bruderan were talking about this on the last podcast. Like, are we ever going to see, like, a, a championship weekend again with, like, Neil O'Donnell and Stan Humphreys at quarterback, do you think? No. No. I don't think so either. Because what, you could say the 2013 Seahawks, but Russ was kind of emerging Russ. Yes, yes. Before then, obviously, it's the, you know, the the 2 Bucks and the, and the double zero Ravens. You have to go back yeah. that far. Because – I mean, even the early Patriots, yes, they were run-based and defense-based, and Tom Brady wasn't Brady yet. But, you know, still in all, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. No, that's not going to – you would have to catch fire at a, at a to a degree that's just preposterous. And I think, the, I think 2017, 18 is the closest thing we'll ever get to that, where Keenum, Foles, and Bortles were three out of the four conference championship yeah. starting quarterbacks. But even then, you look at that Eagles roster was disgustingly good. And it was a dummy down Doug Peterson offense to fit Nick Foles and not make it too complicated for him. I, I that Jaguars team had the best defense in the NFL. Absolutely. And, and there are Miles, there are Miles Jack called down fumble away from potentially going to the Super Bowl. And then Tom Coughlin comes in and tells everyone to get off his lawn. Oh, goodness gracious. Blows the whole thing up. <laughs> um, but again, who gets to the Super Bowl? Who wins it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they were they were in the Super Bowl a few years ago and they tried to win it with Jimmy Garoppolo and we saw what happened. That's a big reason why, you know, when Matthew Stafford was dealt to the Rams, you know, it was heavily reported that the 49ers were in on that and then the Rams swooped in and took him away and look what happens in that situation. Um it's and I think that's kind of where McVay and Shanahan differ is mm-hmm. like McVay got to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. He didn't win it, but I think immediately in that moment he realized that's not the guy, and I need somebody else. I need some. I need an upgrade. I can't like as smart as I am and as good as a play caller, play designer as I am. I need somebody who can you know go a little schoolyard every once in a while. Matthew Stafford certainly went schoolyard. I think he threw 17 interceptions that year, but they got the job done. And I, I do think that you know there's whomever there 
quarterback of the future is, I don't think it's on the 49ers roster right now. Right. And Stafford has, he has to carry his balls around in a wheelbarrow, but he's got the arm to get away with it. He always has. <laughs> so, you know, that's the difference. It's, it's, and, and that sort of arm is a get out of jail free card. It's also its own prison because I can make any throw. Yeah. Including the ones yeah. that get everyone fired. Yeah. Uh, all the bad ones too. So, um, and Stafford is a borderline Hall of Famer. He is an elevated talent. Um, so that's a balance with a guy like Shanahan. Of I want an elevated talent, but I don't want him elevated. He has to go straight vertically up in the playbook, exactly like this. Yeah, that's a lot. To, that's a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of math going on that has to work out perfectly. Like all these tumblers have to hit, and then it opens up. Well, how many tumblers do you want to try and rely on? Yeah. It's, I don't know. Do, do you think that they, in terms of who will be their quarterback next year, I know this is long foreshadowing. Kirk Cousins is going to be available. I feel like that could be a guy that I mean, Kyle Shanahan has worked with him before. It makes a lot of sense to me if Kirk still has, you know, anywhere near the capabilities of football talent that we've seen in, in recent years, if he he'd shows anything fit. like that this year. He'd yeah. be a good fit. The, the evil Jack Nicholson smirking Doug wants Joe Milton. That, that's just, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to get JP Acosta, our, our mutual friend, started on Joe Milton, by the way. That is, I'll save that for JP. Yeah. Um, so, by the way, power rankings. Power rankings, yes. Power rankings. So, you were so gracious. Highly as to, viewed power rankings, thank you very much. Yeah, no, you were you were very kind as to, you know, reach out and be like, hey, you want to do power rankings? And I was, I was very, what's the word I'm looking for? I was very grateful. And uh, the inaugural version is out if you haven't read those yet on touchdown wire please go read them well uh, i'll tell you why rankings. i did that and you know why but i'll say it publicly because most people don't read power rankings they go to their team they see where their team is and they bitch about it on social media <laughs> they don't read it i'm like okay well you've got enough of an edge to your writing um you're enough of a non-conformist i think people might actually read this and they actually do it so good for you I appreciate that. I, I genuinely, it means a lot to me. Um, but I did want your take on where the teams are ranked. I'm sure we'll have some that we agree on, some we disagree on, and we can kind of go back and forth on there. So, in terms of my power rankings, is the, what are what are ones that stick out in terms of? Oh, yeah, that's pretty spot on. Or oh my goodness, Jared, what are what have you been? What's that good good that you have been smoking, sir? Well, the Raiders at 31. Um, I think they're more, I'm just going to go through, I mean, the ones that are spot on, I'll, I'll kind of leave Cardinals at 32. They're an expansion team. So yeah, <laughs> they are the 76 Buccaneers. Do you think Gannon gets a second year? No. Okay, good. We're in the same boat in that. No. I mean, the poor guy spent half, were you, you were at the combine, uh, were you? Yes. Yes, I was. Yes. Half, he spent half of his inaugural press conference as a Cardinals head coach answering questions from angry Eagles reporters yeah. about his defensive calls in the Super Bowl. It's yes. like, oh, man, this is bad. Uh, Raiders at 31, I think they're more of a mid-20s team. Um, I'm, I'm really kidding. low on them, man. Yeah, Rams at 29. I, I think the Rams and the Cardinals might be the two worst teams in the league. You know what? I, I wouldn't push back too much on that. And every time I say that on, on Twitter, it's just like, who do they have, man? They're starting guys named Russ Yeast. Like, I know. I, it's funny you bring of... that up because I was on the Mina Kimes podcast recently and I said, I don't know who Russ Yeast is. I don't know who this person is. 
I think this, I is, have, an this is an imaginary football player. This is I have I have Ed Holm on here, Eric Edholm from NFL.com, and we were running through their roster, and he's like Christian Roseboom. Like these are made up human beings. Yeah, these are not actually. Uh, Vikings at twenty two. I get that the defense is horrible, but man, Flores, he's going to dial some stuff up. I'm a big Brian Flores guy, and I will them, listen. He's going to get them into the mid teens. I, I could, I would listen to that argument. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like they should have been a team that kind of just embraced a tank because, like, they paid Daniel Hunter, and that's cool. Daniel Hunter deserves his money and everything. I just don't think Minnesota should should have been the team to give it to him because are you going to be anything more than like an eight nine win team with or without Daniel Hunter? Probably not. Like, why not just embrace? being bad for a year you know kevin o'connell's got that job security i think it would have been good for brian flores to build up young talent in the defense because this is going to be a multi-year project when it comes to minnesota as he's like suing the nfl for discrimination yes 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 i love that didn't get kaepernick cool uh the giants at 20 mm, you obviously see a regression there i don't Oh, okay. See, this is the one that everybody's pushing back on me on. So let me let me give you my my Giants perspective. Last year, 18th total offense, 25th in total defense. By the way, they're they were a bend don't break defense last year, and they didn't give up a lot of points in the red zone. But teams were kind of went up and down at will on them. They only beat two teams with winning records, and anytime they faced the best that the league had to offer in the Eagles, when Philadelphia could have been bothered to show up and care about the game, they got blown out of the building. I don't. I think that giving Daniel Jones forty million dollars is a mistake. Yes, I, I, I agree. With and it's nothing against Daniel Jones. Like I think that he is, you know, a middle of the road. Maybe he's he is an average NFL quarterback. But in terms of what he can do with that roster around, like, yes, they have Andrew Thomas, a very good left tackle. They bring in Darren Waller. I don't think that they had enough explosiveness around him to warrant being they're not if if he had the 49ers roster i would be a hell of a lot higher on daniel jones having a solid year i think that we've kind of yeah i think we've kind of seen his peak i think 2022 was as good as we're going to get from daniel jones and and i I like paris campbell as a kind of a slot weapon jalen Hyatt. i'm intrigued i I, you know he he runs two routes but he runs them really well And the def- I'm, the defense is where I see things moving up for them because they got Deontay Banks, who is a perfect Wink Martindale cornerback. Best press corner in this draft by far. Um, and I think in year two, Wink's, you know, it, because Wink is heavy man, heavy blitz. Like he yeah. has the highest blitz rate wh- wherever he is. He'll blitz you till the day he dies, man. So it's it's heavy man, it's heavy blitz. And, we, you know, Flores, same thing. That yeah. first year can be a little – edgy dicey with that and, and that could you know up in the that's going to be such a culture shock in minnesota too man because oh, with donatel they were so passive and so conservative it's gonna i'm very intrigued by what they're doing what, what is less flavorful than vanilla my god it was I don't know. like um so cheerios without milk yeah um uh, and they had, cheerios. by the way back to the cardinals uh they intercepted kyler murray twice on the same coverage <laughs> lovely to hear um and you look at that defense, I mean, they, they got Bobby Okereke from the Colts. They have the mm-hmm. best – I mean, Chris Jones is uh, IDL one. Right mm-hmm. now, Dexter Lawrence is two. And he's Dexter the best – you know, he might be the best nose tackle of his generation. I mean, the guy is just an absolute freak. Um, you know, I, I think their defense could be officially feisty, so I would probably put them in the mid-teens. 
Um, I'm going to give you real quick. I'm going to give you the first eight weeks of the Giants schedule. And I think that is a big reason as to why I'm also out on them because it's not, it's not fun. They open up against Dallas. I don't think they're beating Dallas. They go to Arizona. I think they'll beat Arizona. I think that's one and one. Then you don't think they can beat Mike, you don't think they can beat Mike McCarthy without Kellen Moore? I do. I th- and that's another thing with Dallas, and I talk about it in the power rankings. Is Dallas scares the hell out of me for Mike McCarthy being the play caller? That's a big reason why. Would it shock me if they beat Dallas? No. Um, I think they'll split at best, though. I don't think they're winning both of them. So week one, if you want to give them a win, sure. But after the Cardinals game, let's say that they're one and one. They go to San Francisco. I don't think they're winning that. They host the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are better than them. They yes. go to, to Miami. Don't think they're be, beating the beating the Dolphins. Then they go to Buffalo. I don't think they're beating the Bills. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a difficult sure. opener to, to their schedule. And then they host Washington, who uh, they went 1-0-1 against last year. So, it'll be, well, that'll be a good divisional matchup. I think the Commanders are going to be better than the Giants. Could be. We are we, we you and I are both team Sam Howell, so I get that. Absolutely. Um, All right. Flying now, no, no red meat. I have to bust you a little bit here. Is this, me. are the Steelers at seven? Is there any homerism there? Let me let me do address that. I'm glad that you brought Better, that up. So. I mean over the Jets at eight. I thought okay. Jets at eight. See, this is this is what I'm tired of hearing, Doug Ferrar. All right. So I don't know so. about that. Let me let me address that. Well, you have me. I haven't, chan- I haven't had a chance to abuse you yet, so I'm sorry sure, if you're tired, sure. but it's my it's a- turn. <laughs> Damn it. So when it comes to the Steelers, and you can dig through my Twitter history, I think I'm a pretty grounded Steelers fan. I didn't have yeah, any right. expectations once whatsoever last year, especially when they were two and six. I was done. I didn't care. Um, and in Roethlisberger's final year, I, you know, that was the only reason I cared is because they aren't going to win anything of note, but it's Ben Roethlisberger's last year. I'll be invested for that reason. Um, this year, though, looking at the way that Pickett ended the season, it wasn't anything tremendous. He protected the ball. They're going to allow him to get a little bit more vertical, at least from what I've seen in camp. Uh, and just the guys that they have on that offense, they upgraded the offensive line. They brought in Isaac Samalo. They draft Broderick Jones, two guys who will – Sure up the left side of their offensive line. Here's a fun stat for you. They didn't run to the left side at all last year. I think they're 27th or 24th and runs to the left side because Dan Moore and uh, Kevin Dotson were just so bad. So they oh, get yeah. two obvious upgrades on that side of the offensive line. You bring in Darnell Washington, who's going to be basically another tackle when it comes yep. to run blocking on the left side. Yep. Um, and then defensively, they're still, I mean, Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick, so three all-pros on that side. I think their secondary got better. Even with the loss of Cam Sutton, they get they got deeper, bringing in Pat, Patrick Peterson. Levi Wallace is still there. They draft Joey Porter Jr. They do lose Corey Trice, which is a big oh, bummer because I was looking forward to seeing him. It sucked a lot, man. Because that's a fun. that's a guy with a lot of really you know aggressive press potential, but he needed a year of like yes. good NFL experience. So that's hard. I will say this, and I know it's going off one preseason game, but it's also going off his tape. Sure. You know this. Ever since Stefan Tuitt got hurt and then retired, they've been trying to piece together Cam Hayward's ideal bookend. Yeah. And Cam, who is a future first ballot Hall of Famer, and if he's not, I'm going to barge into that room the day before the Super Bowl and yell at people. <laughs> Keanu Benton, baby. That's Dude, all I got to say. He, Watch he the hell popped. out. Oh, yeah. Popped, popped on tape against Tampa Bay. Just, and I understand, like you said, it's one preseason game. It was against you know a few, a few backup linemen and everything but man he fantastic and yeah. he's looked he's looked like that in camp too not only that another wisconsin rookie nick urbig 
fantastic yes. first step off the edge is going to be a, fan, a really nice piece of that defense. Well, the other question, yes, and that that was you know, the the Derek Thomas like fourteen sack game where it was all single blocking and the Seahawks right tackle, the Buccaneers yeah. right tackle. Uh, I'm not even going to name the guy because it was so bad. It was so I, bad. I, couldn't tell you. So couldn't I don't always I, was... I don't always discount the preseason. I mean, I know Herbig's kind of a spirit guy and all that. Sure. That was I will discount that to a point, but but I will okay. not discount Keanu Benton's effect on that on that defense. On that he'll front. be the starter. I would be shocked if he's not the starter before the first month of the season's over. He's he's third on the depth chart right now. Tomlin's gonna make him quote unquote earn it, but he'll be starting sooner than later. Earn it. Uh, well, then they, you know, then you have all sorts, you know, you, you have Highsmith, they gave the deal to that they should have. Yeah. And then you can do with Owen Joby what you should do, which is move around all over the damn place and just let him go hunt. I mean, Very it's, versatile. It's great. It's great. I, I, I've been a big Owen Joby fan for a while. So that's, you know, their defense is cool. I, you know, I, I blame Canada. Here we go. Uh, how long <laughs> are you going to trot out that goddamn Scott Linehan all curl offense? Oh. When is it going to stop? I mean, George Pickens ran a deep in and caught a touchdown. I was pretty happy about that. That was pretty cool. Well, I don't know. A, I don't know when they're going to stop, man. It was an intermediate sort of skinny slap yeah. slash in, but for that offense, it was deep. For that offense, yeah. sixty-yard bomb to Tyree Kill, comparatively <laughs> speaking. Uh, no, George, no, George Pickens is Godzilla. I mean, he it's is fantastic. He, I'm not going to go as far as Ryan Clark did and you say he's more talented no, than Justin Jefferson, not. but no. I love Ryan, but no, sorry. Um, but as far as pure, oh my, I mean, like, uh, we're talking about a Hall of Famer here. But, uh, like, when, well, I want to say a faster Larry Fitzgerald. Remember when Anquan, Anquan, Anquan Bolden? Bolden? Yeah, I like that speed, comp. speed, like yeah. early Anquan Bolden, we had speed. Like 2003 Anquan Bolden? Yeah, like catching that. 500 balls a game and no one could stop him. Uh, Brandon Marshall comes to mind. Oh, that's a, those are two very good comps. 21 catches for the Brad, what's it, the, the Cowboys? He had 21 catches. I mean, I know he, he had the record. He should be your volume guy. And why Absolutely. he has to bitch to Mike Tomlin about how many catches he's getting, duh, come on. I don't like to go after coaches publicly, but come on. Sure. You, you, um, I also love, by the way, how uh, <laughs> Najee Harris is called the starter on depth charts behind, ahead of Jalen Warren. That's cute. I like that's funny. That's comedy. Oh, oh, okay. This is a fun conversation. That, that's George have. Carlin level comedy. So, do you think you think Jalen Warren's going to overtake Najee Harris? Well, I remember talking to Neil about this when he was uh, running SMG, and of course, Neil's a huge Steelers fan. Yeah. And I said because the year before they drafted Najee in the first round, they had like no running back situation. Not. So I think what they we were talking about like the reaction to get Trey Lance and he wasn't the safe pick. Najee Harris is exactly the safe pick. He does everything well and nothing spectacularly. Mm. And after a while, that starts to eat at you. And Jalen Warren is more of a pinballing, explosive, you know. Reminds, he reminds me a lot of uh, Doug Martin. I could see that muscle hamster. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, not Pocket Hercules, but Muscle Hamster, which I think he hated that nickname, too. He, so he despised that nickname, yes. <coughs> sorry, Doug. Uh, so, in, in terms of Najee, though, I think a lot of the criticism last year was was warranted. I mean, he did, he did have the hurt foot and everything, and I think last, like, five games of the season. Well, he's, you know, the, the quote about Leroy Horde, if you need three yards, we'll get you three. If you need five yards, we'll get you three. I think that's Najee Harris. <laughs> 
I don't mean that to denigrate the player. I think that's just who he is, and that's fine. But you have to know what what he is. Sure. And in and do you want a sustaining running back in today's NFL? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how valuable that is. I think you want more more Jalen Warrens's and less Najee Harris's when you're trying to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, and they can drop 28 on your ass in five minutes. Thank you for making me relive that in my head. Or 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 throw the ball to George Pickens more. I hope that I hope that we see a lot more of that. That's, yeah, it's very sometimes. So anyway, uh, yeah, razor in that yeah. situation. Sometimes it's obvious Steelers, answer. You this, so you have the Steelers ahead of the Jets and the Chargers. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me talk about this real quick. When it comes to the Jets and the Chargers, on paper they should both be fantastic. However, the Jets last year were worse than the Steelers. They have a fantastic defense. They had seven wins. I get you bring in Aaron Rodgers and everything. You don't gotta, you know, explain that part to oh, me. Well, I get okay, it. okay, okay. That see, you're you're sort of. This wasn't like you have Sam Darnold and you're bringing in Aaron Rodgers. You had Zach. It, it was so bad, and now you have. It was even quite if bad. it's even if it's eighty percent Aaron Rodgers, which he kind of was last year for the Packers. Yeah. I mean, Zach Wilson Ma- was like. Christian Hackenberg level bad for a lot of the season. So it's not, it's not just you had league average guy and now you get Aaron Rodgers. It was you were in a crater and now you have this guy. And I know Hard Knocks is sanitized. They cut it all together. They do a great job. The I think of Brady and Tampa, and that's the comp everyone makes, when Kurt Warner went to Arizona. And he wasn't mm. good with the Giants. No. But, I, I I got to spend a little time sort of around that team peripherally, and it was just the way Warner walked in the room, and everyone just got it. They believed, like, okay, we're going to win with this guy. We're in. We're in. We're all in. We're going to do it. I, I think that's what you're going to see with the Jets. And they've got everything else. Yeah. I mean, the offensive line. Mm, Question marks yeah. on the offensive line, yeah. Sure. But now you have Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall. So when Brees if you know, if Brees Hall doesn't get hurt, that's a playoff team. I know we're going to. Oh, so absolutely. For our next subject, we can just put the Jets in there and, you know, move on to the other, you know, teams. Now, well, let me touch real quick on the Chargers, too, because I, I even wrote in the column saying I'm going to regret putting them this high because every year we all drink the Chargers Kool Aid and every year something inevitably goes wrong. Like last year, they, you know, they go out and get JC Jackson. The roster's really good. Slater at left tackle. Good collection of receivers. They get Khalil Mack, too, with Joey Bosa. What happens? Everybody keeps getting hurt. Okay, his number one receiver at some point last year. I think going into the 49ers game, his number one receiver was um was it uh DeAndre Carter or yeah. Josh Palmer? Like yeah. I'm nothing against those guys or anything like that, but they're they're depth receivers to have, you know, in you know, sub packages, not to be your starting one-two punch at receiver. Uh offensive line was bad because uh Slater went down. I think Matt Filer might have missed some time as well, but and on the defensive side of the ball, J.C. Jackson was gone on year with the ankle. Joey and Bosa even before he got time. hurt, by the way, they didn't play a ton of zone, which you didn't really play in New England. And yeah, he was not it was good. He, was good. he had like an opponent pass rating like one. I wrote, I remember a tape piece on the cornerbacks who flipped teams and were really bad. Yeah, uh, like him and William Jackson. I forget the the third guy, but you have to understand like what guys can do. And I mean, I like Sebastian Joseph Day as a player, but they were, and and that Staley system. If you stick with only that, your run defense is going to suck. They haven't really fixed that. I mean, and that's the thing too. Like Staley came in as being this you know renowned defensive guy, and the defense hasn't done anything remarkable since he's gotten there. 
Well, um, it's funny how when you're with the Rams and you're a little light in the pants at tackle, but you have a 290-pound tackle who is a destroyer of worlds. It's a little yeah. easier. Yeah. Not, not to discount Staley. I think he's a brilliant defensive coach. And, not but, but and, that approach does have its limitations and liabilities. Now, everyone talks about the Fangio system. Well, Vic is a lot more malleable than people think. I mean, the whole time it was with the Niners, it wasn't, you know, cover, it was 4-2-5. And they just, you know, played quarters all the time and, you know, whatever. Um, when he got Sertan in his second year in Denver, their percentage of man increased by like 15%. Because <laughs> you have Patrick Sertan, duh, you're going to play more man. That's how that works. So now, in terms I, of I, do have, I do have questions about Staley's sort of plugging guys in no matter what. I've seen mm-hmm. a little bit of that, which always worries me. But I was having a conversation with someone kind of prominent today about like how Mahomes is one of one. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, a lot of the things he does, Justin Herbert could do. All he yeah. has a chance. Justin Herbert, we don't we don't yet understand how utterly freakishly gifted Justin Herbert is. I think going yeah. going from Joe Lombardi to Kellen Moore should help him. I think it's like going be- from Zach Martin to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Um, <laughs> or at know, least Kellen- like Zach Martin to Kirk Cousins. I mean, you, you're it's a ser- it's not going from zero to ten. It's going from negative ten to ten. That that's yeah. and I think now both of those guys, Lombardi and Moore, still you know most of their stuff is in you know the short and intermediate. It's just Kellen Moore will let you get more vertical than I think Ben Solak has a really good point that he did um, on his tape series where he said, you know, the perfect play for the chiefs is a bomb from Mahomes to a receiver for a touchdown. The perfect play for the Eagles is uh, a Jalen hurts bomb to AJ Brown. A perfect play for the chargers last year was a six yard completion. Like there was nothing fancy about, about that team. Even teams that didn't have, superstar quarterbacks like a really good play for the lions is you know jared goff finding amon ross st brown and amon ross st brown gets a big gain after the catch but everything about the chargers is so bland and was so non-explosive and i think kellen moore will add an explosive element and then you would see herbert throw you know rolling right across his body 40 yards over the quarter safety playing yeah i mean herbert over the last two years has actually been good against too high he's been fantastic which most quarterbacks are not so, and I know a lot of that's because you're underneath the safeties, yeah. you know, obviously, but um, even the deep stuff. Yeah. I, so the chargers, okay. Nine, the jets at eight. I, I think you're underestimating. Uh, and we can say we want about Rogers off the field and all that. Uh, the Rogers effect, I think on the field is going to be for real. Um, other than that, I think they're going to be good. Yeah. Um, I think what it came down to me with those three is the head coach. I, I trust Mike Tomlin more than I trust Brandon Staley, and I trust yeah. Mike Tomlin more than I trust Robert Sala. I trust Mike Tomlin more than I trust just about any coach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that guy, yeah. Um, Ravens at 11, I am so interested. I want, I can't wait to see what this Todd Monken offense is going to I am so – You're in the NFL, then you go to college, then you come back. Yeah, uh, I'm infatuated with Baltimore. Like, I think yeah. that, I think they will be fine. I think they could also be not bad, but I think they could be a team that misses the playoffs. Could be. Maybe Especially it takes maybe it, well, maybe it takes a year for everything to come together because like you know, Lamar's gonna have to be sort of doing checks and it's gonna be four and five yeah. wide and you know 
we can say, oh, it's going to be so explosive. Maybe that takes you. I just, I, I just hope that the offensive game plan isn't to have Lamar throw the ball 35 times because I don't think that's going to be yeah, that. Yeah. And then defensively, I mean, they just lost Marlon Humphrey for who yeah. knows how long. Um, and Rocky and Sin is now their starting corner, their CB1. Don't love that. Kyle Oof. Hamilton's good. I like, I like Kyle Hamilton, but I have questions outside of Roquan Smith in their front seven, too, offensively. Yeah. And I don't know how much of their offensive weapons are going to stay healthy. I'm not trusting Odell Beckham to stay healthy all year. I'm not trusting Rashad Bateman to stay healthy all year. Mark Andrews has had injury troubles. J.K. Dobbins has gotten hurt long-term. Lamar's gotten hurt himself long-term. Like, again, it's none of these guys' fault, per se, but it, it is what it is. Like, I, Zay Flowers. I, could, yeah, Zay Flowers. <laughs> I love Zay Flowers. Did you want – I mean, he was my receiver one in this class, and I give receivers a big bump when they have bad quarterback play. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was his quarterback at Boston College. Oh, I don't even remember, but it was like when I watched Kyle Pitts, and I had to watch Kyle Trask. I was like, "No, I don't want to do this." Greg Rosenthal had a had a whole. Can I just have a, Can I have the tape from like when the ball's in the air? And he, I don't want to see the throw. <laughs> Greg Rosenthal had a funny tweet about Kyle Trask. He said, "Is uh, is Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask the most like who cares quarterback competition ever? I think it might be. I can't think of one that people care less about. It's a Pinto demolition derby." Maybe and like I John Scott and Kevin I, I, Cobb. I say, yeah, kind of. I uh, like every quarterback Larry Fitzgerald had besides Kurt Warner. Yeah. Um, and I say all that. I'm a bigger Baker guy than some, but okay, fair enough. So, and and uh, you know, as your editor, I don't unless I see something like if you had the Cardinals first, I'm like all right, uh, <laughs> whatever's going on here, put it down, sober up, and let's get back to work. Uh, but I, you know, these are all subjective, and I don't. You know, I'm not going to tell you to move things around. I didn't have a lot of problems with it, but, you know, just a few observations. Glad to hear. Um, playoff teams from 2022 going into this season. I think it's every year since 1990, at least four new playoff teams every year. I don't think that's going to change. I think that's probably just going to be, you know, there's going to be parity every year in the NFL, especially with all the, the moving parts. Um, so, in terms of teams that were in the playoffs last year, who you could see missing, we can kind of go back and forth on this. Where did he touch on the Giants for me a little bit? I kind of stayed in my case and spoiled this a little bit. Uh, I, I don't think the Giants are going to be a playoff team in 2022. Um, is there a team that you uh, see from 2022 not going back to the postseason? I mean, Tampa's an obvious one. Yeah, Tampa's kind of the one that we can just that, kind of that, well, that, in. I mean, that doesn't count. You're going from Brady to who knows. Yeah, who yeah that, that's yeah, not even sure. that, that's just that's low hanging fruit. Um, I, I'm not completely sold on the Dolphins, and I like this. I think the Jets could overtake them. I'm not. A, I mean, I'm not a Jalen Ramsey guy. I never really have been. I know that puts me in a very you know, on my own little island of one. I think you and I are on that same island, actually. Um, I don't know. I, 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 hey, Vic is a god. <laughs> what a smart, a smart guy. Yeah. Um, and I think that they have the guys to make that system work. It was with, with Flores and then Josh Blair, it was so cover zero blitz. Mm-hmm. And now they're doing everything completely differently. Yeah. And again, it's going to be a culture shock for them. I think. This could also up in the Vikings. We say Brian Flores yeah, is going to come in and do X, Y, Z. Sometimes that takes a season. Yeah. Um, 
Tua, we don't know. I mean, I, I know that no one ever has a concussion in the NFL, but eventually those non-concussions are going to not add up unless yeah. they do. Um, and, you know, the Patriots, I think, are – but I think with the Jets, I think it's I think it's Buffalo, Jets, and Miami and New England fighting for six or seven wins. I just – I don't get a really good wow. feeling about the Dolphins. See, I'm kind of in a similar boat. Like, going into, like, the preseason and whatnot, like, I put them where I did on the, on the power rankings. I feel like they earned it, and I like what their defense is going to be. Um, I think that they have the, the personnel to make Vic's system work because Christian Wilkins can win, uh, Zach oh. Sealer can win, Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb are both really good. Like they have four really good guys up front that I think are going to do what Fangio needs them to do in terms of you know winning one on one. But on the back end, yeah, like even with Ramsey, I didn't know how I felt about it. I thought you know it was an obvious upgrade. You know, you lose Byron Jones, you're going to need somebody else over there. Jalen Ramsey, you go out and get him. That's good. Um, Javon Holland know, is the top five safety in the league right now. Love Javon Holland. I think he's very good. I, I think their defense is going to be good. I do have questions about, you know, we kind of saw last year San Francisco, the Chargers. Oh, Kohu, their slot guy, really good. Really good. Like, no one talks about him, but he's great. I do have questions about their offense, though, because last year we kind of saw the Chargers and the 49ers, you know, kind of punch them in the face, and they didn't have a counter for it. Um, the only reason they were in that Chargers game is because of the weirdest play I've ever seen where there's a fumble, it gets bounced around, and Tyreek Hill somehow ends up with it yep. and run and takes it to the end zone. So I do have questions about how, you know, when somebody throws a counter at them, how are they going to counter back? Um, can Tua stay healthy? Can he beat defenses over the middle of the field? These are all questions that, you know, we're going to need answered. I mean, Teron Armstead is your starting left tackle. You're good there. Uh, if he stays healthy all year. If he stays healthy, Liam Eichenberg is your left guard. Not Honestly, I, when I watched Eichenberg's tape, I gave him a UDFA grade. Really? I wouldn't have drafted him. Where That's did he end up going in the draft in terms of round? Third round. Third was, round? Wow. Okay, whatever. Um, so the Dolphins, I'm not I'm not sold on. I could be I could be completely wrong. Um other teams to not make it. I think those are the maybe two. So, maybe some that even uh some that weren't there last year that you could see jumping back. Yeah, I mean, we're talking I mean, about the Jets. The Jets are obvious. Um, is Denver interesting to you? No, no, he, he's not fixable. You can't you can't go to the playoffs without a functional quarterback. What happened? He's done. I, I truly I I. I I've never seen – have we ever seen in, like, any sport just a fall from grace so sudden? Warner from the Rams to the Giants where he couldn't stop falling. That was – dude, that was important. Sometimes you just get the yips. The problem with Wilson is he always had uh, Carl Willis, I think the guy's name was, a Seahawks quarterbacks coach for a long time. Mm. Um, they called him Tater. Uh, he's a Southern guy they call Tater. You know, just the guy smoking a pipe outside the general store. He was that kind of personality. <laughs> but, you know, <coughs> Wilson needs someone to keep him in line. Uh, mm. I'm sorry, Carl. I don't remember your last name off the top of my head. But he was a guy that sort of, okay, Russ, yeah, I know you want to do this, but we're going to do that. Um, Peyton's going to coach him hard, but I think it's I think that ship has sailed. Mm. Uh, so, no, the Broncos are not – I think their defense would be great. Uh, so, I mean, do I believe in the Cowboys? I don't know. Could the commanders puddle jump them? The 
the Perhaps. conundrum with Dallas is a very interesting one because I think that their offseason was vastly overrated. Like, I like Stefan Gilmore. I don't necessarily, I'm going to say I don't care about them getting him, but like, let's not act like this is 2017 Stefan Gilmore. No. Brandon Cooks is fine. You'll let that, you know, I'll be your burner while CBA and Kevin. The problem with the Mike McCarthy offense is everyone has to be perfect. It's going to be all yeah. 11, a bunch of ISO routes. You guys just get in there and do what you're supposed to do. I, I actually, feel like Mike McCarthy's offense has just been passed by in the NFL. It was passed by 10 years ago. I was on a conference call with him about six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked him about route combinations. He got mad at me. <laughs> That sounds up Mike McCarthy in a nutshell. What do you think you're doing, Mr. Reporter, man? I can see Dallas. Do you know the last time the Cowboys made the postseason in three consecutive years? Uh, I would imagine it was the mid-90s. 94 to 96. Yep. And before last year, the last time they made it in consecutive years, 06 and 07. Yeah. Not great. Um, could the commanders get, you know, Hey, we're, we are team Sam Howell. Uh, Let's ride the Sam Howell train. You and I, Doug Farrar. I don't care that he doesn't like red meat. He's I, I think he's going to be fine. He I was think gonna, that, if he had come out the year before, he would have been a first-round pick. And he had, to turn into, he had to turn him into a running back. He lost Javante Williams. He lost, like, every – He lost everybody worth a piss on his offense. went away. He lost Javante Williams. He's like a top eight back in the NFL. Lost Michael yeah. Carter. Yeah. I mean, God, what, what does the guy need to do? Why is so, it in college football we do this? Like, if, if somebody has, like, a down year or – not even a down year. Like his his final year at North Carolina was still fine, and he showed that he had an above average athleticism. Why for is it that, 800 yards and like 11 touchdowns. Yeah. Why is it that we yeah. do this in college where if a guy doesn't live up to mon- monumental hype, he's obviously all of a sudden sees oh not not worth what we thought. But if a guy has a down year in the NFL, it's just oh okay, just a down year. He'll bounce back. I I, I feel like that's stupid, and I feel like Sam Howell's been vastly overlooked. Uh, I think the Saints. I, I'm a big Derek Carr guy. I always have. I, I like, like Derek Carr. I, I don't I like, like anything were, else on that roster. What they were doing with motion and sort of moving people around the AFC or the NFC South is a big box of WTF anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, you could go nine and eight win that division. I think the Panthers win that division. That's kind of one of my little could, could. sprinkles. I don't could. know. I like Derek Carr too. I don't love anything else about that roster whatsoever. And I don't like Dennis Allen as head coach. I think all of their best defensive players are old. Outside of Chris Olave, what is there on offense? And if anybody tries to talk to me about Michael Thomas, I'm going to launch myself into the sun. Kamara's gone for the first three games. Like I, there is nothing that excites me about this. Now, like you said, they play in a bad division against an easy schedule. They'll, they're going to be at the very least in the wild card mix. It wouldn't shock me if they do win the division just because they have the best quarterback in the division. But there's nothing about them that makes me want to watch them on Sundays. I all well, I think the Steelers make the playoffs. Um, Me too. I gosh, I mean, I know there were three and 13 and one last year. D'Amico Ryan's and good CJ Stroud and Tank Dell. And are Rose. you gonna tell me that the, the Texans are gonna be a playoff team, Doug Farrar? Who I like the, the roster a lot. Who in the hell else is gonna, besides the Jaguars, who are going to obviously win the division? Yeah. Because this is Trevor Lawrence's MVP year. Um, who in the hell else? The Titans. No. no. Uh, the Colts? Not yet. Uh, Richardson's going to be fun to watch, though. No, they're going to stink, but oh my God, he's going to be. I, I'm going to make sure I pay attention to Indianapolis Colts football. Yep. Um, 
No, the, I don't. The Texans, think. Texans quietly, good roster. You know what? Here's what I think the Texans will be. They will be this year's Detroit Lions. Where oh, yes, I love that comp. They, they, You can beat them by three, and you come out of there wheezing and gasping with your clothing yes. and like lion claw marks all over your face going, God damn, we were lucky to get out of there with a win. <laughs> I think they'll be this year's Lions because D'Amico Ryans is going to be like coach of the year. That guy. And I love that comp, too, because a lot of people were comparing C.J. Stroud to Jared Goff coming out of school. I think that that makes a lot of sense. You didn't hear any of those those uh, those Jared Goff comps to C.J. Stroud, Doug Farrar? I heard them. Who did I comp him to? Uh, Who did you comp him to? Uh, let's see. This is going to be exciting. I have too many of these lists. I'm trying to do the... You're a busy man at that time of year. I don't blame you. Uh, but I certainly heard Jared Goff comps for CJ Stroud. No. None, none from you? <laughs> uh, shoot. I think my comp was Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford. Healthy Sam Bradford. Healthy Sam Bradford. Great arm, insane. Yes, it was. It was Sam Bradford. Great arm, insanely accurate. The ball placement is just stupid. And mm-hmm. yes, you're always open at Ohio State, and mm-hmm. I don't pay any attention to the, the game, the first game. Um, yeah, my comp was Sam Bradford. Healthy okay. Sam. We don't remember. Uh, we don't remember when he was in college. He was like Tom Brady with mobility. <laughs> so, <whoa. laughs> um, so yeah, I think that yeah, if we're looking for like the the, the sidebar subject of who this year's Lions, I think it's the Texans. I love that. I love they'll, they'll that. They'll go seven lot. and ten, and they'll just it, you will beat them, but they will just kick your ass the whole yeah. game. Like you know, they're not going to be. You don't want to see the Texans on your schedule. The Jaguars, Titans, and Colts are really going to hate being in that division this year because they have to okay. deal with this. Fair enough. And they can have a top ten defense, by the way. Yeah, I mean, they got what? Jimmy Ward followed D'Amico over, Jalen Petrie. Yeah. Derek Stingley. Javier Thomas is maybe the most underrated defensive back in the NFL. No one talks about him. He's really good. Will Anderson that they, they drafted. No, I, I like a lot about what Houston has to offer. Um, yeah, I think the only thing I don't like about Houston is, yeah, it's Tank Dell and you and me and Natalie Miller as their receivers. That's out of that. I, I like Houston a lot. Natalie can run a deep over. Don't underestimate Natalie. <laughs> Do the Packers intrigue you? Like, I know that most of these are like, oh, yeah, we'll see you at the quarterback. And I know that that's like my least favorite phrase. But if Jordan Love's good, who do you feel more confident in the Packers or the Bears? Really, you know, I really didn't like their draft. I wasn't a Luke. I, I thought that um, Keon White was a better version of Lucas Van Ness than Lucas Van Ness was. I don't know how Keon White lasted until the second round. I mean, honestly, could the Bears leap over the Packers this year? I wouldn't be completely surprised. I could see it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if either or happens. But. Yeah. I mean, if Jordan Love and I, you know, I've done tape on him, but I, you know, we haven't seen enough yet. If he's like league average, I think the Bears still might jump him. I need to see. I'm so tired of listening to this, by the way, that this annoying argument between Packers fans and Bears fans that for some reason finds its way on my timeline constantly. Maybe it's because I used to do a lot of Bears like writing stuff and whatnot, but oh my lord in heaven, man. 
It is annoying. About, and I think that Jordan Love and Justin Fields will both be fine. But right now, both of these like fans arguing about their violently mid quarterbacks that they are right now. It, I'm ready for for a result to be to be taking place. Well, we don't know what either one of these guys can do yet. That's I mean, what I'm Justin, saying. Justin Fields, just you, you take the Matt Nagy year out. Justin Fields is a second year quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Trevor Lawrence with the Urban Meyer bullshit. Um, you know. And, by the way, I think he's going to be good. I think that we're going to see a leap from Justin Fields. Well, I mean, not that <laughs> I love the the box score that he. Um, <laughs> 158. Uh, no, <laughs> he had negative four air yards. Come on, guys. But but there is something to that. Sure, sure, yeah. I... I'm I'm very much ready to see this take place. Do they do they play Green Bay Week One? Uh, let's see. I am for some reason I'm the worst with schedules. I can't That's remember. okay. I'm just terrible. Uh, yes, they do. Oh goodness, is it in Lambeau or is it at Soldier Field? Uh, it's at Soldier Field. Lovely. All right. Well, let's. Which I don't, want to call it, I don't want to call it Soldier Field. It said he puts that, that big plastic thing on top. That's not Soldier Field. <laughs> it should be Soldier Field at Minute Maid Five Hour Energy Park or something. Oh, that's awful. Terrible, terrible. Well, I'll drink to the fact that it's not on Sunday Night Football to kick off the year. Um, that makes me go. that makes me quite happy. Is there any? I'm trying to think of any others at the top of my head. I think we covered most to all of the ones that could so. be. Yeah, good hour of this in. Well, hey, buddy. I appreciate you coming on, yeah, chopping it up yeah. with me. It's always yeah. always good talking to you. What do you have coming on the site that we both work for? Uh, I got more articles from the Greg Cosell podcast, which is always enjoyable because I can just sit there and drink in the stuff I don't know yet because Greg is a lot smarter than me and everybody else. Um, <laughs> trying to get my last position list on the NFL's top 11 or 12 quarterbacks. I'm not sure yet. Um, and that will fold into the top 101 players in the NFL today. And I hope that my list is just as annoying as the NFL Network's top 100, but with one more guy. Yeah, I was going to say, you want you want up the network. Yes, it's one louder. Good on you. That was from Neil, by the way. Um, he said, don't do top 10s, do top 11s. And I said, why? And he said, because people will ask why. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah, everybody's talking about it. Yeah, Neil did something smart. Don't tell him. Hi, Neil. No one tell Neil Coulomb that he did something smart. Yeah. Uh, in terms of me, what am I doing? What are you doing? Week? You're doing oh, that, 12, that twelve personnel piece. Yes, yeah. that I've been trying to d- dive into. So twelve yeah. personnel's back, baby, and I'm so doing a thing on FDN that. FDN Almanac, plug, plug. Yes. Shout out to Aaron Shotson, our yeah. mutual, very good my friend, old, Mike. My old friends, I, I, I did like ten almanacs with those guys, and good to see them land on their feet after. Both of them are after fantastic. the hedge fund dude bros blew up mm-hmm. fo and. Yes. Yes. That was, I don't know, Football Just, Outsiders being crumbled by, yeah, dude bros. That's a good way of putting them. That that did break my heart. It was a shame yeah. for the industry. But the fact that Aaron Schatz, it was, it was, he was always going to land on his feet. Mike Tamir was always going to land on his feet. Um, both of them have done so much for this field. Um, yeah. And it, Mike Tamir, specifically for me, and I know for you, is, he's done a hell of a lot for me. I know yeah. he's, you're, you and him are very close friends, so. Always love to see those two doing awesome stuff. I wouldn't, read the FTA. I wouldn't be doing this for a living without Aaron. I can tell you that. I don't think I would be in this spot without Mike Tanier. So, what? Uh, my imaginary drink, I, I lift to Aaron Schatz and Mike Tanier. Your real drink, you lift to them. 
Um, yeah, 12 personnel piece that will be uh, su submitted very soon. Um, yeah, and then doing power rankings all year, so power rankings all year long on the touchdown wire. So you can read all my witty humor through the lens of 32 to one ranking the NFL. Power rankings you actually Tuesday. want to read because don't just be annoyed by where your team is. That should be that should be the tagline for them. Power rankings you actually want to read. Don't be annoyed just by where Jarrett puts your team. Be annoyed by yes. what he writes about them. Yes. Double yeah. trouble. <laughs> exactly. So all that coming this, this season. This is a potato so, salad up here. I know what I'm doing. A lot of stuff coming from Doug and I on Touchdown Wire. It's always good to do this with you, my and friend. Natalie. And, uh, and Natalie Miller and everybody else on our team uh, at Touchdown Wire. Crew is ready. Um, we are ready. And I uh, will always be ready to to chop stuff up, chop stuff up with you, you know, virtually uh, in podcast form, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.